Hi there, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey. Our guest today is joining us by phone from Knoxville, Dr. Chris Boyer, who is an associate professor with the UT Department of Agricultural and Resource Economics. Hey, Chris, how are you? Doing well, Ginger. How are you doing? Great. Thanks so much for joining us. Chris, with the wet spring we've been having, I'm sure you've been getting lots of questions about uh, prevented planning, and I think that's a topic on everyone's mind, especially as we near the date for the end of the late planting period for corn and cotton, which is June 4th, just around the corner. Uh, what, what sort of questions have you been getting this week from producers or extension agents? Um, well, the, the big question is, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's a very tough question. It obviously depends on a on a farm to farm basis. Uh, I've had a graduate student that just just finished up doing some research on this very topic on on looking at looking at historical using historical data, um, production yield data. Uh, what would Tennessee producers um, what what option um, would give Tennessee producers the highest profitability? Um, if they were unable to plant, and this is kind of a tough question because if a if a producer has um, crop insurance, particularly if they have revenue protection, yield protection, um, and revenue protection uh, with harvest price exclusion, um, the, the producer has several options to to deal with them not being able to plant by their final planting date. Um, the first would be to plant their original crop late. So if, if the producer was intending to plant corn, um, there's a late planting window in which they can plant, they can still plant corn. Um, the, the, uh, one of the disadvantages with this option is that um, it reduces your insurance coverage level by 1% per day for each day of delayed planning. Mm-hmm. So if you're in that late planning window um, and you're 10 days into it and you have bought a 70% revenue protection insurance policy, uh, by that 10th day, your coverage level is actually decreased 1% a day. Um now, the second option, or another option a producer has is to take a, a preventive planning payment. So this can be a, it's a partial payment um, of the preventive planning provision. Um, it's 35% of your total preventive planning uh, coverage, and they can still plant a second crop. So, uh, so for corn or cotton producer, they could still p- potentially plant soybeans. Um, as a second crop, and they would receive a partial preventive planning payment. Um, the, the third option, a full preventive planning payment, is within these insurance policies, there's a provision that will uh, give producers, depending on your crop, 50 to 60 percent of your guaranteed amount. Um, so if, if you're uh, guaranteed um, coverage level is 70 percent and it comes out to um, you know do some quick math here uh, four hundred dollars 
an acre, you would get 60% of that um, as your full preventive planting payment, so $240. Um, and, and under that option, you can you, you do nothing with your land. You, you leave it, um, you don't plant anything. You can plant a cover crop over it, but you can't harvest it or, or do anything on that with that land to, to uh, generate revenue for that year. And then the final option would be just switching your insurance policy, from, so for example, from corn to soybeans and planting an insured soybean crop. So which one of those options works the best? So this is, this is tricky. As, as you can imagine, it, it's going to be a function of a lot of your, your costs, uh, market prices, um, your yield declines over time sure. as, as your planting window as your planning time period increases. Uh, so it, what we have done is, is we looked at, historically, what would be the best option for producers. Um, and then we've also uh, recently posted a blog about, that gives more of a snapshot of, of current market conditions, what, what would be the best option um, for producers. And currently, uh, looking at kind of current prices now, um, since we posted it on the 20th of May, mm-hmm. corn has, uh, corn prices has um, changed. Uh, it's, it's increased from, from what we were assuming about 375 a bushel to near 450 a bushel. Um, but our analysis shows that in, on average right now under the current conditions, uh, taking that full preventive planning payment would be um, the best option as far as producing the highest net return. Hmm. It, was that surprising to you, uh, looking at those numbers, that that was the, the most profitable uh, option? Yes, because in the, the, the research, we were looking at it from a historical standpoint. Um, the results overwhelmingly showed that planting soybeans late and taking that partial preventive planting payment was always better than doing nothing or planting late, hmm. um, planting your original crop late. So it was somewhat surprising um, that kind of under the current market conditions, market prices, that's that's really um, the best option. Now, like I said, since the 20th of May, corn has, has shot up, and you know, I'd definitely keep an eye on that because um, as that price creeps up, um, planting late, if you're particularly if you're intending to plant corn, planting those corn acres during the late planting period um, might actually be uh, the most profitable. Well, what factors are changing um, with with current market conditions that, um, as opposed to what you saw with your historical um, simulations, historical yeah, data? That's a great question, and it is extremely complex. The Midwest is having a hard time getting, they've had a, a historically rough spring of getting corn acres in and um, getting them planted. And so the, the, the market is reacting to that in a lot of different ways. So, you know, that would mean if you can't get your corn in in that area in the Midwest, then you're likely to plant soybeans. Well, um, you know, there's some challenges right now with soybean demand. Mm-hmm. Um, as far with trade issues, 
So the soybean price has really been um, hurt. It's decreased a little bit. I think it's actually rallied a little bit in the last few days, but um, it's kind of pushing potential soybean acreage projections up, which, um, you know, there's decreased supply of corn acres. So the corn price we've seen recently kind of move, um, but all of this is just, you know, the, the market guessing on what's actually going to get planted and, and when that may occur and what kind of yield is going to get produced from that because there's just so much uncertainty within the Midwest um, and um, the United, I mean, a lot of the United States on, on corn acres getting planted. You have uh, you you mentioned the blog post which was on UT crops on May twentieth. So if you are, are are listening, you can go back to utcrops.com and scroll back to May twentieth. You can see the post which has this data for current market values. But Chris has also put out an extension publication uh, with simulations using historical data and prices. Um, and Chris, kind of, can you just give a quick synopsis of that and and where? Uh, producers can find this information? The research and the publication shows that, um, as I've mentioned, just that, that overwhelmingly looking historically, um, regardless of your coverage level, whether you have yield protection or revenue protection, taking a 35% preventive planting payment and planting uninsured soybeans was um, the best option. We we collected data from USDA, um, RMA on prices, UT extension um, for cost of productions. Um, all that data is listed um, in a table in, in the publication. Um, and then uh, market prices, again, came from, from USDA. Uh, the yield data for this, these projects, or this project came for corn, cotton, and soybean planting date studies. Um, conducted in, in West Tennessee uh, from you know years ranging from 2010 to, to 2014, and um, what we, we we estimated how yields decline with uh, a change in planting date, and what what we see in this analysis is that that there is uh, yield pen penalties the further you go out. From getting your corn or soybean, or I'm sorry, corn and cotton planted, but with the soybean data, there, regardless of maturity group, there didn't seem to be that big of a drop off in yields as you extend your planting. Um, that really, in a way, kind of drove the results of this analysis, um, and that planting that that uninsured soybean crop and taking that 35% preventive planting payment. Uh, was was optimal, okay. uh, and and this information, the publication, um, which is titled uh, "Corn and Cotton Producers Preventive Planning Decision," is is found on UT Extension. Um, it's also found on our departmental website, Ag and Resource Agricultural and Resource Economics um, website. And so that's publicly out there for you to to take a look at if you're interested. Okay, great. And we'll share the links to both of those sites um, within our blog post. You know, gosh, this has probably got to be the, the one of the hardest parts about being a farmer, making these decisions at this time of year when the weather just has not been working for you. Yes, ab absolutely. Um, 
there is this is a very complex decision right now, and there's a lot of variables that are outside of their control that can um, change the the scenario that's going to give them the most money or protect their risk exposure, reduce their risk exposure. Um, this is yeah, this is a very complex decision right now that. The uncertainty of it all, you don't really know what the, the best answer is. Mm-hmm. Well, helpful to have that research, though. Um, and, and again, you can access yeah. that here at utcrops.com or also the Ag Resource and Economics uh, website, which we're going to share the link to that. Um, uh, Chris, I think we, we may be about out of time, but anything else you wanted to say? If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm happy to... to provide more insight than um, if, if you are interested um, or any discussion, you know, feedback, whatever, I'm, I'm, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd, I'd be curious to um, visit and um, see if there's something we can do that can be um, more helpful. So Sure. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being with us. This is your first time to join us on Call of the Week. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, we enjoyed it, and we'll have you back soon. And maybe if you're ever in Jackson, we can visit in person. Yeah, that'd be great. Maybe next time we can have a little more uh, um, encouraging or positive discussion. I like that. I like that. I thank you out there for listening to Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey, and we'll talk next week. (laughs) 